Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that aims to redefine what it means to reach our full potential by exploring how movement and mindset impacts our lives and how we can all work to show up as the best versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And on this episode, I speak with Christopher Maher. Christopher is a former U.S. Navy SEAL who has endured intense physical, mental, and emotional stress, both as a U.S. Navy SEAL as well as a child. By combining this SEAL team mindset with modern stress resolution strategies, Chris has taught himself to free both his body, mind, as well as his emotions from pain, tension, and emotional distortion by developing tools for eliminating unresolved stress, tension, and emotional distortion. I am massively excited for this episode to go out. This has been, or was one of, the most interesting conversations that I've had as the host of Endurance Minded. I've talked with amazing people from all over the world who have amazing stories and backgrounds and experiences, but what Christopher brought to our conversation was truthfully something that I was not prepared for. Um, Of course, I did uh, research. um, I read what Christopher was up to and what he was doing, but when I was able to connect with Christopher in person, it it really, uh, the conversation took on a life of its own, and I realized that we really have so much in common. And again, from Christopher's background as, um, as a U.S. Navy SEAL, what he went through um, as a child um, and a young adult, onto his, um, his athletic performance. Um, Christopher performed at a very high level um, as a runner where he was training to go to the Olympics. Um, and so he really has been through and experienced just a wide depth and breadth of of experiences that have informed where he is at um, and um, and the work that he does. And um, this is one that I really wanna encourage everyone to almost listen to with a pen and paper. I think that there is some amazing questions here. Um, What comes up, uh, the, the, uh, the topics and the questions and, that Christopher posits, I think, are worth reflecting on. Um, and him and I talk about any number of things where his work really focuses on, like I mentioned earlier in the, in the introduction, is to, is to work with individuals to free their bodies of unresolved tension. So Christopher talks about the real fact that as we move through life, we continue to accumulate stress and trauma. And there is a point at which we can no longer take on more stress and trauma. And so when we are feeling tired, burnt out, when it manifests itself physically in the terms of, uh, in the form of aches and pains, when our performance is no longer what we want it to be, when our sleep is no longer what we want it to be, any, anything that you're feeling, this accumulated stress um, is behind the scenes. And so Chris works with individuals through a proprietary methodology that he put together over decades of work um, through his own personal experiences as well as his experiences with others. Um, and 
working in traditional medicines um, and, and practices to help people rid themselves of this accumulated stress. And so we talk about how that shows up for individuals. Um, it really gives me the opportunity to identify how that's manifested itself uh, in my own life. Um, and really that I wasn't aware of the fact that I was having to navigate this, this accumulated stress because of um, decisions I've made around um, how I train um, and how I work and really what that is and, and where it has, uh, where I've arrived um, as I put my body and mind through so much over the years is really just stacking this accumulated stress. And so it was really um, uh, mind, uh, you know, opening uh, for me and allowed me to see a different perspective, you know, both in my own life as well as individuals that I work with and see really what was going on. And so um, his book, Free for Life, um, is, is one that I recommend to everyone. So I dove into this book actually after we recorded this episode and it is incredible. It is going to expand your mind, it is going to force you to think about things differently. But Chris's story and then Chris's work to help people live better lives and unpack um, and reduce this accumulated stress is is really uh, incredible. I mean, what he he does for individuals is something that is truly inspiring. And so I would encourage everyone uh, to check out his book, Free for Life. Um, you can get it on Amazon or wherever you get your books. And again, it's it's one that um, that I, I dove into. Um, after I had this uh, phenomenal conversation with Christopher, and I want to recommend it to everyone. It really is a, uh, an expansive and, and transformational um, book, and it really changes the way you think about how we move through life and how we compartmentalize and hold on to every, everything from a stress perspective um, that we do. So there is a, a breadth and depth here in this conversation that is, um, that is really massively important, and I think this is one that I want everyone to take some time and, and sit with. Um, and uh, again, if you are interested, you can check out Chris's book. I definitely recommend it. But I won't outline all of the specifics because there is a lot of topics um, and a lot of deep talk that we go into into this conversation. So I just want to leave you with, um, with what I believe is a very, very um, uh, a great opportunity to learn more about yourself and to think differently about how trauma and stress is stacked in our bodies and how we hold on to that. And so um, I hope that you'll take a second or take some time to, to listen to this one from start to finish. Again, I'd encourage you uh, to sit with a, a pad and pen or, or a, uh, your computer and really take some notes and, and think about how this has showed up in your own life. I think that there's a, there's a lot of great exercises and excerpts in here um, that we all can learn from. I've, I've myself have re-listened to this episode just to make sure that I pulled apart um, any of the, the specifics and kind of nuggets of wisdom that I feel like I can apply to my own life or that I want to remember and reflect on. So um, again, Christopher's book is free for life um, and you can get that from Amazon or wherever you get your books. As always, endurance-minded.com. So if we can be a resource, let us know. Drop us a note at the bottom of the website there. Um, let us know what works. Um, let us know your wins, uh, your losses. We wanna be there uh, as a resource and help, uh, help you navigate whatever uh, you're going through. Let us know what's on your mind. 
any topics that you want us to weigh in on. Um, I love getting uh, listener feedback and building uh, content and episodes around that. So again, that's enduranceminded.com. Last but not least, and as always, thomasendurancecoaching.com. So if you need support, um, if you need someone in your corner, uh, if you need someone to help you prioritize your physical and mental health, um, that's what Thomas Endurance Coaching uh, and our team of uh, coaches, mental performance, dietitian, uh, as well as um, endurance coaches are there to do. We are always happy to offer a free introductory call to anyone who is interested and wants to learn more about what that can look like to have those impactful relationships in your life. So again, thomasendurancecoaching.com. Click on the button in the top right corner. We'd love to hear from you and be there to support you and rate, subscribe, and share. If you've yet to do so, rate this podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Um, Subscribe so you can get updates when we drop a new episode every other Tuesday at noon and share your favorite episode with a friend, a family member, someone that you think would get uh, enjoyment out of this content um, and be able to benefit from what we talk about on Endurance Minded. So thank you always for your support. Please enjoy my conversation with Christopher Maher. Hey, Endurance Minded listeners. I want to tell you about a really amazing opportunity and a chance to shake things up in your life. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling behind, if you feel like you don't have the time, energy, and space to focus on the things you care about, if you feel like you're not clear what it is you're passionate about, or you've identified that passion, but it's unclear how that fits into your life, if you're a business owner, a leader, an entrepreneur, a driven individual who is excited and passionate to learn more about yourself and to grow and to really dive in to spending a life and building a life that excites you and motivates you and keeps you connected to yourself and the things you care most about. We have provided an amazing opportunity with a company that I co-founded called Impact Initiative to do exactly that. So we are hosting a Destination Impact Retreat. It's going to be September 28th through October 1st. It's going to be in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. We've partnered with an amazing company called Firstborn that has an all-inclusive retreat facility um, nestled in the historic mountains um, of North Carolina. And this is going to be your opportunity to pattern interrupt. So we've combined a curriculum that includes both movement and mindset so that not only can you learn more about yourself and you have the opportunity to grow and expand your skills uh, both mentally and emotionally from a leadership perspective but also uh, from a body attunement perspective. So really combining two passions and two things that I care deeply about which is a true connection to yourself and the ability to do what you love in the world and focus on your passion. So I want to offer this opportunity to our endurance-minded community. Uh, Spots are limited, but I know this is something that so many of you are looking for, so many of you have been waiting on, um, and what that really is is a true opportunity to reconnect with yourself, an opportunity to set aside dedicated time and space and energy to focus on who you are, who you want to be, and how you're going to spend more time doing those things in the world. So again, this is September 28th of this year to October 1st. That's a Thursday through Sunday, all-inclusive retreat 
opportunity. So all you have to do is get there. Um, we have all of our meals taken care of. Uh, they're going to be prepared on site by a local chef. Myself and the co-founder of Impact Initiative, Christine Hernandez, are going to be co-facilitating uh, the entire weekend uh, along with 15 um, other participants from all over the world, from all different industries and backgrounds, all coming together to focus on what it is that they truly care about and how they can spend more time doing that. So this is something that I've been really excited to get off the ground. It's something that I'm deeply passionate about, and I wanted to offer this as we just launched it uh, last week. I wanted to offer this up to our endurance-minded community in hopes that whoever is out there, any of you that are itching for an opportunity for growth, for improvement, for, um, for more body attunement, for an opportunity to check in with both your physical and mental self, um, this, is, this is the chance for you. Um, and I'm really excited to be able to provide this opportunity uh, to people. So again, September 28th through October 1st, it's going to be in North Carolina. You can find all the details in our show notes. Um, you can also find those details at the Impact Initiative website, which is impactinitiative.network. Um, all of the details for Destination Impact Retreats are at the top. Um, you can click through to read what that's all about. Again, that's Impact initiative.network uh, or look for the link in our show notes. I hope to see some of you there. Please let us know. You can reach out to us um, at the Impact Initiative website if you have any questions. But um, if this is the opportunity that you've been looking for, we're offering um, an introductory rate that is at a discounted rate for the next 30 days. I hope you'll take advantage of it. And I look forward to seeing some of you in the beautiful mountains of North Carolina in late September. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific individual and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. 
Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com slash endurance minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. Christopher, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you. How are you? I'm good, Taylor. I'm great. As I shared a little bit earlier with you before we started a call, I received some esoteric acupuncture today, had some good food. I'm ready to rumble. Nice. I love that. How, how frequently um, is, is acupuncture or, or treatments like that a part of your routine? Uh, for me, I make sure at least four days a week that I'm receiving because I give out so much energy to help other people that my tendency is to give more and take less, mm-hmm. you know, because my strategy for success has always has been in the last 23 years has been focused on helping others achieve and experience their life goals and their dreams and their ambitions. And when you get devoted in that direction, the way that I do, um, it leaves very little energy at the end of the day. And very little time to be focused on yourself. So I decided to shift gears um, the last few years and focus the morning on me and then the afternoon and the early evening on others. Wow. It's an interesting strategy. I, I like that. I I've I've found that to be very much the case with myself. I, I've just in the last few years, as, as kind of I've shifted roles and, and delved into different things, it it um, it's become it's it's become uh, obvious to me or apparent that that really listening and really being there for others requires a tremendous amount of energy. Um, and and I you know it's when I say it, I'm like it sounds obvious, but I really didn't realize that you know I had I had always done other things with my career and, and certainly played a support role, but in the last several years have really stepped into that and, and, uh, and man, yeah, it really, it drains you, you know, it, yeah. it feels very physical almost where I've, I've been sore and, you know, I mean, you realize you carry almost that, that kind of load of others or you take that on or something. And I've noticed, you know, it's, it manifests itself. Is that, uh, what's been your experience with, with that? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a concept called transference. And what that means is that when you're in the presence of another person's body and their aura, if they're operating at a low level of function and you're operating at a high level of function, then what happens is their, their energy starts feeding off of yours, right? And um, so in order for me to make sure that I'm consistent for all the people that I'm seeing, I have to make sure that my energy is really high. And if I slack off, what I notice is things that I choose to want to do things that allow me to check out, right? So instead of, you know, wanting to go for a walk, I'll want to go see a movie, right? I'll want to do something again that allows me to check out from my life. And I want to stay checked in. And so by staying checked in, I got to do what? I've got to be able to put myself in a position to receive. So I would much rather watch an educational video on YouTube than watch a movie. Because at the end of the day, 
at least I've learned something, right? I've taken something away. I'm, I'm, I'm outside of fantasy. And what I've realized, especially over the last five years, is that reality is much more interesting than fantasy. And if you let yourself get deep into reality, you can have really sobering moments that allow you to have these amazing ahas where you're making greater or more subtle distinctions about life. And now you're tapping into wisdom. And when you're tapping into wisdom and you're somebody like you and I, and you're serving people all day, wisdom allows you to distill down the complex into something very simple that can be uploaded and translated and create immediate impact for someone. And so reality is what helps you get there. No longer you're willing to stay in reality as opposed to check out. And other people use things to check out, right? Like that they're, they're going to, they're going to hog out on some alcohol or they're going to check out with nicotine or they're going to check out with sugar. Or they're going to check out with caffeine or they're going to check out with pharmaceutical recreational drugs. And you can also check out by going into fantasy. And so I say, look, life is short, right? Let's, let's get deep into the reality of what's going on. So then I can make some really good decisions about how to spend my time, how to spend my energy, how to spend my resources, who I want to peruse around the world with, where I want to go, and how I want to spend that time. You, you, you touch on, or this brings up the something that I talk about a lot, which is um, the idea that it's, it's, it's not selfish to, to be selfish. And, and what I mean by that is, in order to to show up for others, you have to show up for yourself. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. I've described it as, um, you know, you have to put your own mask on before you put others on, right? The, the airplane uh, safety uh, tip or whatever. Um, is is that, um, am, am I, am I, uh, am I getting at that correctly? Is that kind of yeah, been I mean, your experience? Yeah, for me, it's, um, I would say this, it's a tenet that I live by, right? And I'm well aware that I can only take someone as far as I've taken myself. And I have people who knock on my door every week and what they're expecting is a bonafide miracle. And in order for me to do that, I got to be present centered. and. <clears throat> they're flying from some interesting place in the world to LA to meet me. And it's a lot of pressure. And I want them to have the success that they really want. I want them to have their miracle. I, I, I want them to reach their goal. And it feels like duty to me to show up and serve that powerfully. I think you know, maybe when I was younger and I was doing that transformational work, maybe it felt like an obligation, right? And look, is there a certain amount of responsibility when you're helping people grow? For sure. If I choose to pull away from the edge when I'm working with myself, there's no way I can get someone else beyond their edge. And all nervous systems read every other nervous system in 0.02 seconds, right? So 
if if you're very astute and you're energetically sensitive and you're present centered and you're willing to tune into your instinct, you know whether or not someone's selling you a bunch of BS. And I want people to have what they really want. And so in order to do that, one of the ways that I make sure they get what they want is for me to keep pushing the edge of my envelope open a little bit further every day, every week, every month, every year, and continuing to refine, right? Keep buffing, keep sanding, keep polishing, buff, sand, polish, buff, sand, polish, chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water, buff, sand, polish. And because other things are uninteresting to me, like going to social events and big barbecues with other people, that I could care less about those things at the age that I'm at now. When I was in my 20s, I was interested in those things. Even when I was in my 30s, once I decided to be a steward for change, my value system changed. And my value system changed, I realized that in order for me to be happy, I have to get up and honor my highest values. And if I'm willing to wake up and honor my highest values every day, I'm going to have a really good life and I'm going to have a positive perspective. Because people that are sh that show up to me, they're suffering in some way. They're, they're in some kind of pain. Either they've got joint pain, they have intense menstrual cramps, they just lost a parent, um, they've got a foggy mind, or they're dealing with some debilitating state of dis-ease that has been unresolved through the Western route, and I'm like their last-ditch effort. And so for me to show up and perform and be present in the way that's going to help them achieve and experience what they want, I for sure have to be receiving from others. Because in order to get someone to heal and to transform, they've got to be in the receptive mode, right? So you've got the receptive mode and you have the protective mode. When you're in a protective mode, you're blocking all the energy that could come into you and help you get where you want to go and experience what you want to experience. If you're in a receptive mode, now you can receive from those around you and that collective energy is going to get you further down the road faster than if you drop into lone wolf mode. And I, I mastered the lone wolf mode. You know, I could figure out how to get everything done on my own. And that left me in a state of hyper independence. And how can I ask others to be receptive to receiving from others and I'm doing everything on my own? And so when I came to that conclusion and had that insight and that awareness, I'm, I made a life shift. I made a promise to myself that at least at a minimum, three days a week, I would receive some sort of help from someone else. Yeah, I was going to ask... Kind of what form that shows up in, in terms of that, you know, you said buff sand polish, and I, I love the, you know, chop wood, carry water. And I think so many people get, um, they get distracted and, and lost and they're unsure what, like what that looks and feels like, you know, they'll, they'll stay focused for a day or two or a month, or it's a new year's resolution or it's a, you know, and say, okay, now's my time. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do the things that are going to help me reach my goals or show up for people and show up for myself. And how I'm curious, you know, maybe specifically in what ways um, that support comes to you and, and then how you 
how you stay connected to it. Um, okay. So, no. This is a good question. Uh, for me, every 11th year is a really important year. So 33, 45, I mean, 44, 55, 66. Those are years that help you set up your next 11 years, right? And so when I get to, when I got to 33, I put in an intense amount of investment of energy, of time and money into finding anyone in the world who would be willing to help me um, with something that I could do by myself, right? Because I'm allergic to codependent dependent relationships. What I would tell others is, look, when you're coming up to 30, if you're coming up to 22, or if you're coming up to 33, you're coming up to 44, 55, or 66, find someone in the world who is masterful at what they do. And when I say masterful, I mean masterful. They're one of the best in the world at what they do. And devote a solid year of learning from them. Everything they have to teach, squeeze every drop out of them. When you show up, they're a grape. And when you leave, they're a raisin. Like suck them dry for every bit of knowledge, every bit of wisdom, every bit of experience, every bit of skill that they have. And then what that does is that creates an intense amount of momentum for your next 10 years, right? And slow and steady wins the race is the thing that I, I always say, right? When I was in the SEAL teams, um, when we got into the third phase of training, you have to be able to pull all the weapons apart and put them back together in a timely fashion, right? And they test you. And what they're teaching you is that slow is fast. And all the guys that get in there and they're rushing around, they start dropping parts of the gun on the floor. Now, now it's gone under the table. You got to get on your knees. You got to go find it. And guess what? In the background, the seconds are burning by fat. Boop, 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 they're going by. And then you get up. Now you're under more pressure. So you're trying to move faster. And the instructor's like, 60 seconds, 60. So, so now you feel all this pressure on you. And yet what they're trying to get you to understand is that slow is fast, right? And so for the person who makes the New Year's resolution, and then by the 5th of January, they're back to their old scheme, pick one thing. Right. Let's say they're addicted to the daily acceptable drugs like nicotine, caffeine, alcohol, pharmaceutical, recreational drugs, food colorings and preservatives, or the worst of those, sugar. And what I mean by sugar, I mean white or brown refined or sugar cane. Okay. Sugar. Find one of those things and start to break the pattern. Right. So if you have coffee Monday through Sunday, four cups a day, the next week, drop it down to two. The next week, drop it down to one. The next week, drop it down to a half a cup. The next week, drop it down to a quarter cup until you're free of your addiction to whatever that is, right? If we look at everything in the world, the, the challenges that people have with being consistent is they have an addiction to something that is depleting their core energy source and their core energy source is your kidney energy, right? And when your kidney energy starts getting depleted, what happens is your adrenal glands, they grow in size in a relative fashion and they start to produce an intense amount of adrenaline. The challenge is, is that adrenaline is fake energy, right? And what it does is you're robbing from Peter to pay Paul. What I mean by that is if you looked at all the organs in your body, your kidney would be relative to your bank account. And when you overdraw your bank account, 
guess what happens? You got to get the energy from somewhere. And so the body starts stealing energy from your heart, energy from your brain. It starts stealing energy from your spleen and your pancreas to feed back into your kidneys so that you can keep that core energy going. And so one of the most important things in understanding how to have a balanced life is to break your addiction to the daily acceptable drugs. And once you do that, and do it slow, take your time, there's no rush. People hear this kind of information, I think, oh my God, I could never give up my coffee. Yet literally every single person that I walk this pace through, at the end of like four weeks, they're like, I had no idea that's what coffee was doing to me. Or I had no idea that that's what the wine was doing to me. Or I had no idea that that's what sugar was doing to me. Or I had no idea that's what nicotine was doing to me. So once you break that uh, self-defeating pattern successfully, you now have a resource of energy that you haven't had in a long time, which means now you can start making some safe bets. And a safe bet would be, okay, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, I'm going to go for a half an hour walk. Great. Now, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you got that extra source of energy. You can get out there and be consistent. But when people have defunct, deficient, depleted states of energy, they have the catalyst, which is the New Year's resolution to get started, yet they have a corrupted kidney bank account that never is going to allow them to generate any level of consistency. And so then they fail. And then when they fail, they feel like doing what? beating themselves up. Because whenever you tell yourself that you're going to do something and you don't do it, you lower your inner self-esteem. And when you lower your inner self-esteem, you become more susceptible to the daily acceptable drugs because you're angry with yourself. And then what you want to do is you want to punish yourself. And most humans are very uncomfortable with hurting someone else. So what do they do instead? They take on a masochistic, self-defeating strategy, which is to avoid doing what they told themselves that they would do. And then that night they have a few more beers or they have an extra piece of pie or they have an extra three ciggies or, you know, they spend more time on pornography. Like however the person defeats themselves, they're going to choose that when they break their own word. And so what I would say is this, If you're going to make a resolution and you're going to put yourself in that position, you better be ready. So if you're not ready to at least break some of your addictive patterns, then you're not ready to make a New Year's resolution and follow through with it. Most people need to have some type of loss. They need to have some type of hunger or they need to have some type of pain in order to make a radical life shift. And Guess what? That's an old paradigm. But now we live in a paradigm where there's people like you and there's people like me that are getting people interesting, valuable information that works at no cost to themselves besides either listening to Spotify or YouTube to get this information so that they can implement these strategies. So what I would say is make sure you're ready and start small. If walking one day a week is a new thing for you, walk one day a week. People get out, okay, well, I'm going to run Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I'm going to weight train on Sundays and Saturdays. I'm going to swim on the mornings on Wednesday. Look, stop it. 
If you're someone who has inconsistent patterns of showing up for yourself because your inner self-esteem is so low, you need to start with one thing. Start with walking, right? Get some enjoyment. If you, you got a dog, walk your dog for 30 minutes. It'll benefit your dog too. Some people, if they know they're benefiting someone else, they'll do it, right? So if they know that like, well, if I walk my dog three days a week, it's benefit to him, they'll get up and they'll do it. Other people, if it's only to their own selfish benefit, they have a difficulty doing it because guess what? Most people have, in the United States have grown up in a Christian household and they've been indoctrinated to learn and know and experience that selfishness is the lowest form of expression. And to be selfish, selfless is the highest form of godlike expression, right? The reality is that's a false premise, right? Because what we talked about earlier when we got on the call is um, if I'm being selfish, I'm serving those around me. How? I'm more positive. I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. I'm more consistent with my word. I'm inspirational. Um, I'm more talkative. I'm more present. And I'm taking right action, which is heartfelt action to my own benefit. When I'm doing that, those that are around me are going to do what? They're going to be inspired. To, if I'm consistent enough and they see me do it every day, they're going, I can't believe Jake actually gets up every day and he goes for a walk for 30 minutes. And then suddenly the wife is like, well, maybe I'll join you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Can we walk 15 minutes earlier so I can still make it to work on time? And Jake's like, sure, honey, let's do it. And next thing you know, he goes from 240 to 200. She goes from 220 to 180. They start looking better. They start feeling better. And now they're inspiring other people who are seeing them. And all they're doing is being consistent with their word and showing up and putting in a little bit of effort. Because when the, one, the wonderful thing about the human body is if you give it a little bit of energy and effort, it responds in a very powerful way. And yet if you give it nothing, it responds in a very powerful way to the negative. I, I hope that was clear. It, it extremely no, and I, I I love the this the the very real advice to to start with one thing. I I see so many people and talk to folks that you know they they want to make a change. They're eager, but they they to your point, they're, they're not in a position where consistency and their ability to show up for themselves is, is they haven't developed that skill. And so they, they try to dive in too deep. They let themselves down and then the, the downward spiral, you know, is initiated and then, you know, rinse and repeat, right. That happens time and time and time again, because wanting something and being able to, you know, have the skills to execute are very different. And yeah, you might, ultimately one day want to walk six days a week or, you know, like you said, it's the strength train, it's run. It's sure. Absolutely. But you got to start, you got to do one thing consistently first. And then that, you know, yeah. consistent, you know, it's habit stacking, right? Want, consistency yeah. leads to consistency. Um, but I feel like it, it's, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things that I'm, was really interested to learn about your um, experience and knowledge that you have is just your view on um, an experience with accumulated stress. And it feels like we're, 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 we're certainly kind of talking about that, a, a similar place 
or, or a similar uh, position that so many people are kind of walking around with, right? Like yeah. how, how are people moving through the world and their lives? And so I'm interested to, to just hear your take on that accumulated stress and how that manifests for most people. Cause it, it has to be a part of this equation that we're, that we're talking about. So what's, yeah. what's, what's that look like for you? I mean, for me, because this is um, what I've devoted my life to for the last 23 years, this understanding of lifetime accumulated stress loads and daily stress loads and seeing the difference. So uh, people are going to need a little context first. So let's create some, some markers. So the first marker would be your daily accumulated stress. And the question is, well, what's my daily accumulated stress? Every bit of stress that you experience in a 24-hour period that is carried into the next day because your sleep was ineffective, right? So you have your daily accumulated stress load plus you have your restore, repair, and recovery rate. So if your restore, repair, and recovery rate is high, uh, then guess what happens? You get a little bit of sleep, you wake up the next day, you feel great. If your restore, repair, and recovery rate is really low and you go to sleep and you sleep for a long time, guess what? You wake up, you feel tired. And the question is why? The question is when someone's lifetime accumulated stress load, which is all the stress that they've accumulated over their entire life, is very high. And from my research, the average human is about at about between 84 and 86% of their maximal saturation of lifetime accumulated stress, whether they're seven or they're 77. With that in mind, with that concept and that idea, what you have to understand is that everyone you know and everyone that I know, their lifetime accumulated stress load is super, super high. So the first and the most prudent action that you could take would be to diminish your lifetime accumulated stress load by at least 50%. Because if you reduce that by 50%, guess what's going to happen to your restore, repair, and recovery rate? It's going to raise by 50%. So now instead of needing nine hours of sleep to feel great, you get six and you feel like a rock star. Because your restore, repair, and recovery rate is really high. Okay, So lifetime accumulated stress, what's it made up of? Right, It's made up of your genetics and epigenetics. Right, So 14 generations of stress that's been passed on right through survival-based strategies from your ancestors mom and dad mom's family and dad's family plus the environment that you were raised in so if you're raised in an environment where you had a mom who was obsessive compulsive or narcissistic where you had a father who was a pathological liar or an alcoholic or drug addict um guess what your environmental stress load was very very high and then to add to that, what you have is your daily accumulated stress, which was passed over time. So let's say you're 37 years old, right? Every day, a little bit of the stress from the day before has moved into the next day. So Monday and a little bit of stress from Monday ends up in the Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday end up in the Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday end up in the Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday end up in the Friday and so on, right? For weeks, for months, for years, for, for, for decades. And then one day you're uh, riding your bike 
and you're leaning to the left, you go over a bump and you land hard and you feel this, this excruciating discomfort in your low back. You go to the chiropractor, they, cape, they take uh, some x-rays and they see that you now have a bulging disc pushing into your nerves, right? And most people think that the pain and the discomfort that they're experiencing is coming from that moment. And the writer thinks, God, if I just didn't go over that bump, my back would be okay. The reality isn't true. You've reached your limit of what your body can hold in terms of lifetime accumulated stress. And so what it does is it manufactures an injury so you will stop doing what you're doing. It needs you to shut down. So same instance, you know, your, your, your kids go to school, they come back and like, mom, I'm sick, I can't go to school. And you know, your wife goes in the room like, okay, I made you some chicken soup, I'm not hungry. Okay, I got you some water. Mom, um, I'm not even thirsty. I can't eat or drink anything. I'm hot and I'm tired. I can't move. I got aches and pains all over my body. Well, guess what's happening? The second that child goes into a fasting state, the body's going to go in and it's going to use all of its power to remove a massive amount of toxins in the system. And then three days later, she goes into Jacob's room. Hey, honey, how you feeling? Oh, I feel great, mom. Okay, because the body needs to shut you down because you're putting too much stress, too much tension, too much distortion, and too much too much toxicity in it at a rate that it can no longer repair from. Right. So your sleep is your restore, repair, and recovery rate. So again, when your lifetime accumulated stress load is high and everyone's is high, everyone you know, your restore, repair, and recovery rate is low. So this is why humans are so addicted to things like nicotine. And caffeine and recreational drugs and pharmaceuticals because guess what if they had a very high restore repair and recovery rate they would never be attracted to those substances but they need those substances just to feel like they can get through the day and feel normal and energized the problem is it's fake energy so at the same time while it's giving you uh, a boost it's simultaneously stealing energy from your core bank account of energy, which comes through your kidneys. And now a person gets stuck on this vicious cycle. And the question is, how do you get off that cycle? And when you're doing that cycle as an athlete, you know what you end up with? An injury. Right? Most injuries that athletes deal with, they're, they're, they're soft tissue injuries. Now, your sport was uh, mountain biking. Of course, you can deal with like blunt force trauma, right? You can go over something, you can miscalculate, you can go over the handlebars, end up six feet in the air and slamming down on a hard rock, right? That's blunt force injury. Or you can end up with um, runner's knee or Achilles tendonitis or frozen shoulder syndrome or uh, iliotibial band friction syndrome or uh, back stiffness and tightness, or an inability to rotate your head all the way to the left or, or to the right. And when an athlete has any one of these things, the first thing they should st stop and think is this, my lifetime accumulated stress load is too high and my restore, repair, and recovery rate is too low. What do I need to do? And if you go, if that athlete goes into their body and starts reducing their lifetime accumulated stress load within two or three days, all those symptoms that they're having, they'll disappear overnight.
because the body is sending you these signals to get you to stop because it's saying, Hey, Taylor, I can't take any more stress, brother. Like, I know you want to get to the Olympics and you want to get a medal, but you're putting more in than I can handle. You put more in than I can recover from. So what do you do? You reduce your lifetime accumulated stress load. And then those symptoms, those pains, those discomforts, those challenges, they reduce immediately. And your body's like, hey, you lowered that by 50%. Whoa, I can breathe again. I can think again. I can feel again. I can sense again. I can emote again at the level that I need to in order to be successful at my intended goal. So how do, I want to talk about injuries because it's such a huge deal. But before we do that, how do people reduce their lifetime accumulated stress? So they, they recognize that this is something that they, they need to, to take control of, that this is where these, this discomfort and this, this unbalanced, this lack of balance is coming from. What do, what do we do? To, to take some proactive step to, to get rid yeah. of what sounds like, I mean, just a massive, I mean, we're, we're drawing now from, from not just our own lives, but, but generational trauma and stress. How, how do we, how do we dissipate that in, in, in a matter of, in, in less time than, than we, it's taken for us to accumulate it? Yeah. The, so I'm, I'm going to distill it down for, for the listener the causes of your symptoms, right? Your lifetime accumulated stress load is the cause of your symptoms, whatever your symptom is, whether it's a headache or bloody nose or uh, inability to breathe correctly, poor digestion, constipation, menstrual cramps, reduction in vision, reduction in hearing, uh, insomnia. I could go on for an hour, right? The cause of all those symptoms is a hyper level of lifetime of unresolved lifetime accumulated stress. So, so you ask the correct question: How do we reduce that? And so I've been building systems, and uh, here's the name of the systems: Mashing, which is M A space X I N G. Uh, my background is in traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, went to medical school. And studied that, studied a lot of Western path, uh, pathology. And I decided to put together systems that allow you to reduce that. And so one of the first things you can do is you can get an alignment, right? You can find an alphabioticist somewhere in the world. And you can get both hemispheres of your brain turned on so that there's an immediate reprieve that pulls you out of the protective mode and allows you to drop structural tension and stress. That's a simple way. The systems that I've been building, again, are moshing. Uh, that is where you use your feet to dig into um, where all the tension is being held in specific isolated muscle groups. And as you start doing that, guess what happens? There's immediate awareness of increased intense levels of sensation and as you breathe through those what's going to happen is you meet your breath with that level of sensation 
that level of sensation is going to start to change really quickly. So let's say I laid you on the floor. I got on the back of your legs, right? And I'm moving up and down. We have your, your lower legs positioned under pillows, and I'm walking up and down the back of your legs. And you're like, wow, the pain level is a 10 out of 10. If you get your breath up to a 10 as well, your body will let go of all of that discomfort, literally within seven or eight minutes. Then there's a system called BEST, and BEST means Bioenergetic Self-Transformational Sequences. Now, uh, I'm going to be flying to New York to film videos for these, and you'll be able to use these sequences. The beautiful thing is that each one of these sequences is related to a specific organ in the body. And what they found out is that all your organs receive nervous innervation, right? And then those nerves leave the organ and they go into the belly of muscles. So whatever's going on in your muscles is going on in your organs. Whatever's going on in your organs is going on in your brain. So you mean all I have to do is go in and start removing tension from the belly of my muscles and my fascia? And suddenly there's going to be a positive increase in function in my organs? And the experience of that is my sense organs are going to be more intelligent. My smell is going to change. My hearing's going to get better. My vision's going to get better. Um, my taste is going to get better. Oh, yeah. And you mean if my sense organs are working correctly, my brain is also functioning correctly? Yeah. So whatever's going on in your brain is going on in your sense organs. Whatever's going on in your sense organs is going on in your systemic organs. Whatever's going on in your systemic organs is going on in your muscles and your fascia, your structural body. So if you change the structure, you change everything. Okay. Wow. So that's another system. That's a system that a person can use to work on themselves. And then I created a system called ice-centric strength, which is the use of isometric, concentric, and eccentric contractions in a very specific fashion in order to remove massive amounts of generational tension and stress and distortion. And then once you get that out, what's going to happen is your brain is going to function in a very different way. And when it comes to the crossroads of life, instead of always turning left, it's going to look to the right and go, I think I want to go that way instead of always turning left because humans are habitual in their action. And so you want to create a successful pattern interrupt. And then I have a system I created called body of light, where we use very specific words to give your body, brain, and nervous system direction to locate where these stagnant energies exist and to transmute those from low functioning energy into high functioning energy. And that system is the most profound thing that anyone could ever experience. And so I've been in the background the last 23 and a half years, putting systems together and then synthesizing all these systems into a complete whole so that no matter who knocks on my door, I have a pretty simple way of solving whatever's going on. Wow. My, my, my mind is, uh, is, is racing. I've, I've had, I've had so many different instances in, in my life, certainly as, as I've, as I've matured just, you know, emotionally and, and mentally and, and, and as someone who is able to see that all of these things are connected, you know, that it, it doesn't make sense that, that, that all of these systems in our bodies are in silos. Right. And that really <laughs> predominantly comes from just my experience as an athlete, right? Like as you push your body 
it just becomes very clear that 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 when you do one thing, it it impacts things upstream and downstream, right? Be it be it mentally, emotionally, and then of course from a developmental perspective. Um, but I do I do want to go back. I guess where I, because of of that knowing that I have and just from from my own experience, the place that that has manifested the most for me personally and where I see it manifest for so many people that, that I speak with is in injuries. Um, so, yep. so to come back to that, I would love for you to just um, expound on your, your stance on injuries and, and maybe we can just dive into that a little bit because the, the body just holds on to so much, you know, and I think we we have a tendency to to treat our bodies like they're, they're a wholly different thing than than other areas of our life, right? Where we say, okay, well, I go to work, and then I have my family, and then you know, and then okay, then over here is my body, and right, and we expect it to perform in a way that is not um, like it's not communicating or it's not a part of the whole conversation. And of course, to your point and to all these systems that you developed, it very much is, you know, you, it's not realistic to imagine that you can go out in the world and do all these things that create stress and that that's not carried somehow in your body, which is ultimately ends up being an injury. Um, so I'd just love to, to hear, yeah, your, your take on injuries and, and um, okay. just expand on that. It's easy. So, so everyone understands my, my background. So I'm a former U.S. Navy SEAL, and I dealt with a lot of injuries myself, and I had a, a ambition and goal to make it to the Olympic trials, and that never happened. And the reason why that never happened is because my lifetime accumulated stress load was so high that I was constantly dealing with some level of injury, and I had a reduced amount of speed or reduced amount of power. I had a really strong mind. And then I, and if you uh, look at the mind as the driver in a car, like I had the best Formula One driver in the world, yet I had a car that had a busted engine and had a transmission that was a bit wonky. And so even with the best Formula One race driver of the car, is um, especially the engine and the mechanics of the car, if those are off and they're out of balance, good luck because that guy's going to come in last place. And that's what happened, right? Went to a race and uh, simple 400 meters. I thought goal was to run like 48.8. I thought that, that, that should be easy with all the training I put in. And then I took off and then everyone was, flew right by me. And I was like running as if I was standing still. And, and then I, at that point, I knew something was, was really off. And that led me to develop these systems that we talked about earlier in the call. And now I've had the last 23 years of working with the premier athletes in the world, which are Olympic champions, right? So um, I'm qualified to speak on this probably better than any other human. 
So the information that I'm giving you, it's super, super important that you understand this because if you're ambitious and you're an athlete, you're an endurance athlete or a power athlete or a speed athlete, what you have to understand is this, is that stress that's unresolved eventually turns into physical tension. And physical tension, where does it go? It goes to the belly of the muscle. Why to the belly of the muscle? Because that's where the nervous innervation is. So now it's in the belly of the muscle. What that tension does is it changes the rotation of the bone slightly. Because a muscle attached to a tendon, a tendon attaches that muscle to bone. So what does that mean? That means the stress that I have that's unresolved is creating the posture that I have. And the more stress and tension that I have, the more distorted my posture. So now, if I laid every one of the listeners who's going to eventually listen to this on the table, and I tested them, every one of them would be at least an inch and a half to an inch and three quarters out of balance, left side to right side. Hmm. And so how, how does that get in there? Well, first off, it starts off as like a sixteenth of an inch. And then we keep training. And then it turns into an eighth of an inch. We keep training. Then it's a quarter of an inch, right? And then a decade later, it's a half an inch. And then we start having our first kind of soft tissue injury. And then a decade later, I'm now an inch and a quarter out. And now I'm having chronic, consistent pain and discomfort. Like we were talking earlier, I was talking earlier with someone today about Shaquille O'Neal. And he's on this uh, NBA like uh, TV show with three other hosts. And I got to see him sprinting across the room. And he just looks like a bag of old crooked bones, right? <laughs> and just a total mess. And I see the guy and I think, God, how much he would love to not have that pain in his body. Well, The reason why he has that pain and that discomfort in his body is because he used his body like a skateboard, like all humans do. I want to go to the under the other end of the court. So he uses his skateboard to get to the other end of the court. Then he says, oh, I want to go back to the end of the court that I was just at. And he runs back and forth decade after decade after decade never spending any time reducing his lifetime accumulated stress load. And so every year he gets a little bit more out of balance. His brain is in a greater state of of bilateral dysfunction, which means that one hemisphere of his brain has more electricity than the other, and the other one has less. And when that happens, you get one side of your body that's passive, overly passive, and the other side of your body gets overly active. So that's why most athletes have all their injuries on one side of their body. And when that happens, you're in a a debilitated state of function and you need someone to come in and create a pattern interrupt for you. And the first step of that is getting your brain in the lateralized, out of a lateralized state of function into whole brain thinking. Like when you look at these athletes and it's easy to point to basketball players like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant and you see these phenomenal, phenomenal expressions of their athleticism. And then one day they score like 80 points, right? They're like, they play out of their mind because on that day, for some reason, they manufactured how to be in a state of whole brain thinking. 
Because see, when you're in whole brain thinking, you your left hemisphere and your right hemisphere electrically, both hemispheres are turned on. And when both hemispheres are turned on, you see things you could never see. You understand things you could never understand. You move in ways you could never move. The athlete who's getting injured is on the opposite end of that scale, right? And then we see it. Like anybody who followed the Lakers or followed basketball, it was easy to see Kobe Bryant had one injury. And then after that injury, he was never the same. And then he had another injury. And then he had another injury. And then he was out of basketball. Well, what happened? Decade after decade after decade, he pushed the envelope, put in more stress, more tension, and more distortion structurally. And then eventually his body said, we can't handle anymore. And he blew out his Achilles tendon. And after that, your career as an athlete, it's over. Why spend the time having to get there? Makes no sense, right? Same thing applies to Jordan. If I had got to Jordan when Jordan was 28, 29 years old and put his brain and his body in a high state of function, he would have played well into his 40s, right? And what, what, what do we see now? We see guys like LeBron, right, that are, do we see like, wow, they're doing these really amazing things. At 40 years old, he can score 31 or 35 points. No problem for him. Grab 10 rebounds and have six or seven assists consistently. Why? Because he's been working on his body um, in a different way than other athletes have. But what are we starting to see now with LeBron in the last three years? Consistent and semi-consistent chronic injuries. And his body will be able to hold this for a little bit longer, but he's going to jump up one day, have a dunk and come down, and something's going to tear. And then his athletic life is going to be over. What I want you to understand, it wasn't how he landed. It was because his left side of his body, his right side of body, is more passive than the opposite side being more active. And when you take that lateralized state of function, eventually, when you get to an inch and a half and an inch and three quarters out of alignment, you are going to have a dramatic injury that ends your career. As an athlete, no need to get there. With this information that I give you, there's no need to get there. If you're somebody who loves to move your body, you love to race, you love to be involved in athletics, um, you love to use your energy at a high level, you can do that at a phenomenal level of expression well into your late 40s. The human body's meant to continue to evolve till at least 48. Like our supreme high-level athletes, we should see them performing at the highest levels when they're in their late 40s. And what we're seeing is the opposite, right? We're seeing these really amazing cyclists, these really amazing swimmers. By like 28 or 29 or 31, they're washed up and done. But they're washed up and done because their lifetime accumulated stress load is too high and they never did anything to change it. They continued to use their body as if it was a skateboard to get them from place to place. And the truth is, all humans have been handed the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like you said, we just take that for granted, this, the idea, even at, even at non professional levels i mean even at kind of the age group level most people just assume that they're past their prime if they're in their 30s and 40s you know i mean i, I hear that every day 
goes, oh, you know, well, I can only hope to be, you know, uh, my, my potential is already limited, right? And they might be in their early 40s or late 40s or even, you know, early to mid 50s. And um, yeah, we just, that's just a narrative we've just kind of all agreed upon, you know, <laughs> and we, and of course, yeah. we see that with professional athletes is, oh yeah, they're, you know, they're in their late twenties, they're coming to the end of their career, right? It's only a matter of yeah. time. I mean, how, how much longer are they going to last? Is it going to be, you know, 28? Is it going to be 31? But eventually pretty soon, you know, they're going to be, they'll have to go find something else to do. And um, I've always, I've always loved the idea, or, or I guess maybe the focus of thinking about movement through the lens of longevity, you know, and, and to try to, to dissuade people from, from that narrative that, Oh, my time is done or, Oh, I can't, I can't engage with my body in that way. I can't move in that way. I, you know, I can't lift these things because I'm an age because, because here I am and I just happen to have lived this long. And then that means, that I don't have access to these opportunities. And I, I love your very real um, explanation of the opportunities that, that people have available to them. You know, we don't have to, to live in this place where your best days are behind you at 30 years old, right. Or 35 or 45, whatever the age is. Um, But I want to switch gears a little bit because one of the concepts that came to mind while you were talking um, is something I know you've talked about, which is that fit bodies, people that are are fit, um, that that can really mask a lot of things that sometimes or oftentimes, or or correct me if I'm maybe all the time, these individuals are often kind of the most out of whack, right? The most unhealthy or, or whatever language we want to use. What, um, yeah, how, how, is, how have you seen that manifest itself? Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, when, when you're, uh, I ran track and field, so when I'm driving anywhere, I see people running all the time, right? And I'm taking a look at how their movement is, where, <laughs> where their bandages are. And you see like these, these guys are in their, like their late 40s or early 50s, and both their knees are bandaged up, right? And they're still, you know, uh, logging in six or eight miles a day. And when I look at someone, I'm looking at their mental health, their emotional health, their structural health, their physiological health, and their spiritual health. Okay, so when I was younger, I was very fit. I was one of the fittest people on the planet. So I had to call in one of my buddies that I went through SEAL training with and was in the SEAL teams with, good good friend at the time, and tell him, like, look, man, I'm in pain and I'm suffering and I need some help. And he brought a yoga mat and a juicer to my house. And this is funny because this is this is in the late 90s, and I didn't even know what a yoga mat was. I'm like a yoga mat. What kind? What, what kind of mats he bringing to my house? And a juicer? What's he talking about? I can go down to the grocery store and I can get my own juice. Okay. And he came over. He brought in a bag of veggies and he started juicing up carrots and beets and 
radish or something and parsley and you know he got his and i got mine and he drank his really quickly right and it looked like he was enjoying it mine it took me about 30 minutes to suck mine down because it tasted like turpentine to me and in that moment i had an aha and i said oh he's fit and healthy and i'm fit and toxic that's why this tastes terrible to me. And that was a wake-up call in that moment. And look, I, I said this before on podcasts, that was a difficult pill to swallow. Because I looked at myself as someone who was like a model of health. And then I realized, nope, I actually wasn't. And I was dealing with a bunch of symptoms that nobody knew about because I never talked, complained, bitched, or moaned about the pain that I was in. And I was dealing with insomnia, reduction in vision, reduction in hearing, structural pain, all kinds of things, right? Um, inconsistent sleep patterns. And I was putting time into the wrong things, right? From my perspective of what's right and what's wrong. Meaning I was doing things that were outside of my value system. And when you do things consistently that are outside of your value system, you pay, the, you pay the cost. There's always a cost. And that was a powerful moment for me. And then I started looking at other people. I started looking around. I started going to gyms. And, and while I was pumping iron, I was looking at the people in the gym, what they were drinking, what they were eating. I was like, oh, oh, look at all the bandages on the elbows. Look at all the bandages on the knees. Look how people are moving. Look how stiff their backs are. And I started realizing it more and more that a lot of people that were fit were unhealthy. And I had this guy come to see me and he wanted me to work on his body and help him get his energy up a little bit. It was a couch potato. Didn't do any exercise, but when I worked on his body, his body transformed 10 times faster than the athlete's bodies. And I was a little bit taken aback and I thought, hmm, how is this happening? Oh, he doesn't have all the toxic chemicals from being fit running around in the system. He doesn't have decades of lactic acid stored in his tissues. So he transformed very fast. So if I had two choices of people to work on, I'd rather much develop the couch potato than develop the athlete. Because with the athlete, I have to go back two generations of intense fitness to pull through all that tension and stress and toxicity to bring them back into balance. I can take this couch potato and I can get him in balance in three, three or four months versus like a year and a half or two or three years because he doesn't have the same amount of structural tension, stress, and distortion that these high-level athletes do. Hmm. Yeah, that, that really hits home. Um on a personal level or a personal note, because it's something that I've, I've dealt with, you know, at a very young age, being involved in ultra distance sports and being a very focused athlete and realizing that, 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 <laughs> that I've really carried, you know, I've carried all of that forward. And now as I've, you know, gotten older and still work to engage in in athletics and, 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 you know, maintain a healthy body. I'm realizing now that I'm carrying and you're, you're the, the picture you're painting is making it, making it even more clear 
for me is it's like, oh man, those those many decades now of of just really, you know, feeling like I was fit or certainly feeling like I was had the equation that would equal fitness and health has I've really had to undo a lot of that as I've gotten older. You know, it really tore me down and, and really yeah. um just in the way I felt physically, but but also just um you know, burnout and mental, emotional stress. I mean, that level of, of drive and, and discipline, which at the time felt very positive. Now I'm realizing or have realized that it, it really took its toll, you know, to, right. to be, to be yeah. so focused. Um, how do we, how do we approach a fit body appropriately? what's what's what is that equation to to arrive at a place that it's productive yeah um fitness as long as your fitness is good and your restore repair and recovery rate is high and you're dealing with your daily accumulated stress and so athletes have a different kind of stress because exercise can be what's called a use stress, a positive stressor. And then there's a moment where you go a minute too long and now it turns into a negative stressor, right? And the only reason why it becomes a negative stressor because you're putting in more than the body can recover from in a 24 hour period. So, so as an athlete, the prudent action for every single athlete who wants to win a gold medal in the Olympics, who wants to win a Super Bowl, who wants to win an NBA championship, who wants to win an NCAA championship uh, in any or every sport that's out there is very simple. You have to manage your daily accumulated stress. And if you can do that by removing tension, stress, and distortion every single day, guess what happens? You're going to win. And I've had athletes that are um, very, very good, and they're one step away from winning a medal at the Olympics. And when I come into their life and I build a program for them, like 15, 20 minutes, right? Of showing up and paying rent every day, removing that tension and that stress. Once they reduce their lifetime accumulated stress load by 20 or 30%, their performance increases by 20 to 30%. And they're achieving greater states of performance with less energy and effort and consistency. And now everything is easy. So for the athlete, what's the athlete need to do? They need to focus on the removal of tension, stress, and distortion through the system that I talked about earlier. These three systems, best bioenergetic self-transformational sequences, moshing, reducing and increasing their, their tissue health. So their muscle and fascia is very healthy. And, um, doing eye-centric strength to get their bones rotated in the right directions. If an athlete has their bones rotated in the right directions, they're super fit, their structural tissues are really healthy, and they're doing their bioenergetic self-transformational sequences every day, they're going to go from fifth place at the Olympics to first. They're going to go from fifth place to first. In the NBA, 
they're going to go from a team. And even if you only have one player on the team that's doing it, guess what happens? The entire team improves because when you have one person that's a lighthouse, everyone orientates to the function of their nervous system. All the other athletes get better. I can take a freshman, I mean a true freshman in sports in the NCAA, and he can be first or second at the NCAA championships. And that's not heard of, right? Because you've got these Olympic years, you have a red shirt year that you can have. So now you got a 19-year-old kid going up against a 25, 26-year-old man, and they can destroy them. Why? Because their nervous system, their brain, their body, their emotions are in supreme balance. And now, now winning is easy. And that's what I want. I want people to be winning at life. And it has the ability to be easy for them. So, mm. That's a... Uh... It's probably the strongest statement we could uh, we could we could wrap up on. <laughs> I can't think of a uh, of a better uh, better ending point. Um, yeah, that's that's incredible, C- Christopher. I can't I can't thank you enough for your wisdom and your time and your expertise. It's really um, it's really been an honor. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank- it's been great to be here. You know, when you get into a position where I'm at and where you're at, you understand that giving back is the most important thing, and without good quality information, people are unable to make informed decisions. And every decision is important because it impacts your energy, it impacts your livelihood, it impacts your relationships. And if you want to have a powerful livelihood, impactful work, uh, full of service that makes you feel satisfied and at peace in your heart and your soul, well, this information is essential. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I mean, you've said it, uh, much more eloquently than, uh, than I could have. So I appreciate that, but we're, we're in total alignment and, uh, yeah, I'm grateful. Thanks. Uh, thanks again. And I, I know that everyone listening is going to get tremendous value out of, uh, out of what you have to say. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for sharing it with us. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me here. And for any listener that wants to go a little bit deeper, wants to reinforce uh, the messages here, obviously listen to this podcast three times. And then after your third time, order the book Free for Life, A U.S. Navy SEAL's Path to Inner Freedom and Outer Peace, because you will get a lot of powerful information and wisdom in there that you can start applying immediately that will create powerful life change for you.